Hi everyone, I want to welcome you to your Cub Nation station. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Veronica Johansson, Director of Communications for Brenham ISD. And in an effort to be transparent and share information, I'll be inviting guests and we'll talk about important news and events. We'll discuss challenges, highlight our successes, and most importantly, I'll be sharing real-life stories of the voices that shape our district. Welcome to the Burnham ISD Today Show, where every day is a great day to be a Cub. I'm your host, Veronica Johansson, Director of Communications for Burnham ISD. Our guest today is Dr. Tyler Chaplin. He is our superintendent. Welcome, Dr. Chaplin. Hey, Veronica. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Well, it's so great to be back. We're now, this is our first podcast since the wrap-up of the 2019-2020 school year. If you guys don't know, Dr. Chaplin likes to start his morning making his rounds at every campus, <laughs> greeting students, and saying hello to parents. So if you guys see him out there, make sure you wave hello. I promise he is a nice guy. Definitely, definitely. Yes. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, so Dr. Chaplin, how has the start of the school year gone? So it, it's been good. And, and first, before we get started, I want to tell you thank you again for having me. If it seems like it wasn't that long ago that we were sitting in these chairs doing a similar interview. And I think it was actually the, the end of May, yeah. which seems like yesterday. So here we are now September 1st, and we're, we're rolling with this to start school. So I, I think this year was set up for success long before the first day of school in August. Uh, it was set up for success because we had a lot of people who were doing a lot of things to get us rolling. Uh, a couple of things I want to make sure that I mentioned, the school supply market, you know, that uh, Tony Bryant designed. Over 1,600 kids cycled through, were able to get school supplies, and really set the tone for the school year as far as the supplies go, and that was a neat event. Sure. But that was followed the following week by the event that you created, and, and all the credit to you, and, and definitely a lot of help with volunteers, and I have to make sure I, I definitely point out the, uh, the Brenham High School and Junior High cheerleaders, oh, yeah. of which without those young ladies, it would have been very difficult. They did a phenomenal job, and, and part of that event was not only the shoes that you, again, raised money with donations from the community. Um, how many shoes do we give away that day, you think? That day, um, like over 400 shoes. See, that's what I was thinking too, is four, 450 shoes to students who may or may not have had the opportunity to have mm -hmm. shoes. But also coupled with that was a great haircut. Yes. You know, uh, we had the opportunity to give COVID vaccines. So, so that really set up the tone for our students to be ready for going to school. So a, a big thanks to all the volunteers who were involved in each of those events. But then also, uh, you know, there's this sometimes misconception that our teachers take off all summer. And, and that, that is far from the truth. Our teachers and you families who are our spouses or, or children of teachers know that oftentimes they work very hard throughout the summertime to prepare for that first day and that first week of school. And this is no, no different. We, we challenged our teachers this year and they accepted the challenge. They came in for a few days in the summertime to dig deep into their standards, to look for those standards that we call our essential standards, knowing that the kids are gonna be about 18 months behind schedule, or excuse me, uh, 18 months, the, these last 18 months put them behind schedule because of COVID. Um, so they worked really hard to identify the standards they need to focus on throughout this year to try and gain back that learning loss or COVID gap that some people call it they may have gained in the last 18 months. So, so I say all that to say a lot of legwork was done ahead of time to set this school year up for success. And just like the beginning of any new event, you have your hurdles you, you have to overcome. 
Uh, traffic at elementary and drop off and pick up is always a little tricky the first couple of days and week of school till everybody kind of gets in the routine and understands the, the routine and the schedule and then it evens out and we're starting to see that now that we're in about the third week of school. So all in all, I think it's been great. Oh, good. <laughs> so no, yeah. no angry phone calls from parents that they're stuck in the in the school lines. I don't I don't know that I would go that, that far. We've had lots of help in how to improve the school lines. So, good, and good. we appreciate that. <laughs> all right, COVID. COVID is still here. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, we, again, last year's interview when we ended the year, we're like, yes, we get to start as normal. And yeah. most of the summertime, it kind of looked that way. And as we gathered closer and closer to August, COVID started ramping back up. And it is, it's it's back. It's something we're, we're dealing with. Uh, you know, we continue to do a lot of the protocols we had in place last year from the cleaning that we do every night with a little extra cleaning with vital oxide. We still have cleaning that takes place in rooms that we have any person, whether it's a staff member or a student who, who tests positive, we quickly go in and we spray it with our electrostatic spray, sprayer that sprays vital oxide, yeah. uh, that, that cleans to everything in the room to uh, uh, clean that room, decontaminate that room. We have cleaning supplies that are available for our teachers, for our students to wipe down, hand sanitizer, and again, a, a huge donation from Lowe's that came to put hand sanitizer dispensers across our district, more so than we already have. So it That's makes great. it a little bit more convenient, more readily available. And honestly, I think that is just now best practice from here on out. Right? When kids come into the building, whether it be from, from mom or dad or from uh, uh, recess or PE or whatever it is, let's hit those hands with sanitizer and, mm -hmm. and it seems to be, be helping quite a bit. And we are notifying our community and our parents of, of the positive cases. Um, we continue to work as much as we can with uh, local health officials, state health officials, the guidance we have from everybody to make the best decisions we can. And I know masks right now is a huge debate across Texas. Um, our governor says, uh, that mandated that you cannot mandate masks. I and mean, he passed that on June 4th and it has held true. I know we see a lot of school districts that are going against that and there's court cases out there that they will probably settle that, I would think, within the court or the legislative branch right now that's in a special session may settle that for us. But as of right now, we're, we're not mandating masks. We encourage masks. Um, and to the level of comfort that any of our students or staff want to uh, wear those masks, I think that's that's definitely their prerogative, no problem. And I, to my knowledge, we haven't had anybody giving any other students a hard time because they're wearing a mask. I haven't haven't seen any any or heard of any students getting ridiculed because they are wearing a mask. So if that's the comfort level of you and your family, then then come on, mm -hmm. you know, bring you know, wear the mask. That's that's not a problem. Okay, gotcha. What are some of the things that look a little different for the for this school year? So, um, one of the things, and it, and it again, a lot of the stuff we talk about is tied back to COVID. But all of last year, because it was so locked down, it was a little bit different approach to COVID. Our students didn't weren't able to participate in a lot of the activities they hopefully will be able to this year or have up to this point. You know, you go to a football game, the stands are full. Mm -hmm. You go to a volleyball game, the stands are full. So nice so to see that. It yeah, is, it is. Families back mm -hmm. in those stands. And again, at their comfort level of social distancing and, and masks, but it, we're able to give them the opportunity to be there. And then things that were canceled last year, like the county fair that's coming up. You know, our kids have the opportunity to show in a normal, somewhat normal setting. Uh, our special needs kids have the opportunity through Champion Drive to, to partner with a buddy to show animals at the fair. Um, those kind of things they didn't have last year and hopefully more of those opportunities that are memory creators uh, that when they'll look back at their high school and their school age years 
10, 20 years from now, they'll be able to say, yeah, I remember that because we created that memory. And that's some of the stuff that was lost last year. Um, those memories that, you know, you and I have of when we were in school. So that's a, that's something new, you know, not new, but new this year because yeah, right? we lost it last yeah. year. And then on top of that, um, you know, we're, we're trying to really encourage and engage and bring in more CTE opportunities for our kids to explore. We, we are partnering with Blinn. We always appreciate our partnership with them uh, to bring CTE courses. So students, whether they're in junior high or high school, can start to explore career paths. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those career paths will take them to a four-year college. Maybe it'll take them to Blinn as an associate's degree, and that's, that's as far as they want to go. And sometimes it simply takes them to a certification course, or while in high school, they learn how to do a particular trade. Yeah. And so we're trying to expand the options our students have uh, for those and exploring those options, uh, and, and we're utilizing Blinn for that. So a couple of new things in that realm this year building towards a lot more new things next year as we continue to grow that partnership and also bringing down into the to the uh, junior high level our our engineering classes that can set them on an engineering path our steam courses that are in all of our elementary classes now that our elementary classes get to uh, rotate through a steam opportunity with hands-on learning so mm -hmm. all of those things build towards engaging lessons that will hopefully manifest themselves when they walk across the stage as a uh, you know, BISD graduates into the career path of their choice they're prepared for. So yeah. there's there's a few new faces, student mm -hmm. and staff. Uh, so if you don't see a face, if you see a face uh, that you don't recognize, please say hi to them out there because uh, we want to welcome everybody to Cub Nation. Awesome. Speaking of new faces, I know BISD is currently looking for the next person to lead Burnham High School. How is that process going? Yes, uh, so first uh, I need to make sure that I, I thank Joe Chandler and the service that he's given over the course of a little over five years to Brenham ISD. The Brenham students who have cycled through the high school in those five years and, and I know the lives that he has impacted in that time. Big, huge thank you to, uh, to Joe for that. Um, he, he's made a difference in Brenham and we thank, you, thank him for that. And we wish him the best. He, he's given a, a professional opportunity that, that in conversation with him he felt like was right for his family and I, I never want to uh, hold someone back for doing what they feel is right for their family. So we wish him the best. In the meantime, we all know and recognize, and I've told this to Joe, and he knows the timing's not great. Um, we just started school, so we have posted the position. We'll leave that position open until we find the candidate we feel like is going to be the next leader of Brenham High School and help take not only Brenham High School, but also engage in the conversations with all of the Brenham ISD administrative staff and staff to push us forward to create that future we want for Brenham ISD and our students. So, and we hope that process will, will go smoothly. Okay. Tell us about the discussions surrounding the BISD facilities and a potential bond election. So this is uh, really the, the exciting thing. We have many exciting things going on in Brenham ISD right now, but this one is, is really exciting because it has the opportunity to pave its way for the future for a long time for, for Brenham ISD. So a few months ago, we engaged in a contract with LAN, a company for our what we call our pre-bond planning services. Mm -hmm. For them to come into our facilities and take an assessment of the structures, the, the uh, systems, whether it be the, the HVAC system, all of the different, just give us an overview of what condition our facilities are in. And they have been able to do that. Uh, we also engaged with a demographer, Zonda demographer uh, company to 
explore the growth of Washington County and Brenham, Brenham ISD, mm -hmm. to see how fast we're growing, are we growing, and all of that stuff. I know we see a lot of houses going in across Washington County, so that will impact uh, you know, our need for our facilities right. and the amount of, of, of classrooms and stuff that we need. So we want to try and gather as much information as we can. And then while all of that was going on kind of behind the scenes, mm -hmm. we created a community group. It was a bond, a pre, a bond planning committee. Mm -hmm. uh, there's 36 individuals from across the community, a really good representation, I feel like, um, to listen to all of that information, tour the schools, get everything out in the open on the table and then give us guidance on the directions that we need to go for facilities. So we started that process last night with our first bond planning committee meeting. We met at the junior high in the cafeteria. Uh, the LAN group talked about the facilities. The demographer will do their report in a couple of weeks um, and really engaged in some good conversations about the direction Brenham ISD needs to go. And I'm, I'm going to tell, tell this, I'm a history person. I taught mm -hmm. history for 13 years and I'm ecstatic that we're in uh, Washington County, the birthplace of Texas, but we're also in the same place that on September 6, 1875 was the very first day of school for any publicly funded school in the state of Texas, and that was right here in Brenham. Mm -hmm. um, and shortly thereafter, uh, those schools met for the first few years downtown Brenham in a couple of churches. But shortly thereafter, a community group got together. Uh, the two Giddings brothers and many others got together and said, we need to make a strong long-term commitment to education in Brenham in Washington County. And so for the big, huge price of $10,000, <laughs> they built the first uh, public school here in Brenham, uh, which actually still stands at 606 Main Street down there. Uh, it would opened up and had its first class in 1883. Um, and it was, again, publicly funded, funded by donations. And so I have very little doubt that those individuals that met as a committee had the same conversations that we started to have last night. Mm -hmm. How can we guarantee or, or work towards a future for Brenham ISD? And, and that takes a lot of time to figure that out, but it takes a commitment. That $10,000 commitment that they came up with built that building that still stands. In 1927, they built another building that is the Community Ed Building that now for almost 100 years has educated kids continuously in that building. Jeez. This is a legacy mm -hmm. that, that this committee has the opportunity to chart to uh, chart a path for Brenham ISD into the future. And so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about what that means for our community, not only for our students, but also the pride that we have in our school district here. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like you said, um, at the Community Ed Building, we still have pride. And yeah. uh, students go walk in there every day and the they're in the second floor, they're housed in the second floor. And honestly, I think it looks it looks really good. Yeah, we, they painted it this <laughs> during the summer. It looks really good. Yeah, we, we are trying to uh, slowly bring that building where it is up to standards where and we have kids in that building, mm -hmm. you know, and it needs to look good. Those kids who are in pride need to be able to have pride in in the facility that they're in. And so uh, that's our obligation to provide that for them. So. Uh, we're working slowly at that, but I'm encouraged in the conversations that started last night and where that's going to go to take the district. Mm -hmm. As they tell, as this community group tells us, here's what we think the values of, of Brenham and the Washington County community have towards the facilities of a school district. So. Perfect. Well, before we go, we go, I'd like to share with our audience, maybe some folks just want to know what kind of stuff you're into. <laughs> you weren't really prepared for these questions. Now, uh, can you name a book that has changed your life or that you are currently reading? 
Okay, so I'm, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> she, she snuck this in on me, so I'm going to tell you a couple. When I was in school, I was not a big reader, right? So when I was a young person, the book The Outsiders spoke to me. Uh, that was written by a 15-year-old girl in Tulsa, Oklahoma uh, a long time ago. And so if you, if you have a young person who's struggling with the, the desire to read, I would recommend The Outsiders. That one is an awesome one. <laughs> but then you, you travel up to what I think is a, one of the greatest books ever written in Lonesome Dove. Uh, there may be some challenges out there, I get that, but uh, Lonesome Dove is a great one. But from an educational lens, one of the best books I've read is called The Speed of Trust by uh, M. R. Covey, Stephen M. R. Covey. It's the son of Stephen Covey. Uh, in it, he talks about trust and, and, and looking into yourself. And there's a quote in there that I like that, that reads something to the effect, I'm, I'm gonna paraphrase, but it reads that oftentimes we judge others by their actions and ourselves by our intentions. Mm -hmm. And, and if we looked at ourselves through our actions that other people see us many times, we would often find that we need a little improvement. So it's a great, great book talking about the speed of trust and the value of trust. Oh, okay. Okay, and are you into podcasts? Do you do you have time to listen to podcasts? I, I am not into podcasts. I, I don't have a lot of time for podcasts. When I do have downtime, I'm a thorough, complete lover of music. I love all kinds of music, and so I often have earbuds in my ears at the house and have music playing. Um, my wife is a podcast person, though. So when we travel, she is into um, crime-related uh, <laughs> podcasts, so Crime Junkie and stuff like that. She'll say, hey, let's listen to a podcast, and uh, it's mostly about crime. So okay. I don't know what that says about her. If I need to be worried or not, I'm not sure, So, but I love her. <laughs> thank you, Dr. Chaplin. Thank you for being with us today. I appreciate your time. Hey, you're welcome. And again, Veronica, thank you for the opportunity. I want to thank our audience for tuning in. Stay tuned because next week we'll be talking to a person that many of you are familiar, familiar with. Her name is Georgianne Gassner. She'll be sharing insightful information regarding enrollment and the steps you as a parent can take to make sure you don't miss out on pertinent information. Stay tuned and we'll see you next week.